0: From State Street and the first Midwest Bank studio, this is WMVP Chicago, ESPN 1000, Chicago's home
1: for sports. The following program is a paid advertisement. The views reflected on this show are not necessarily the views of ESPN 1000.
2: You mean to tell me that you went home and swiped a ball that was signed by Babe Ruth and you brought it out here and actually played with it? And actually played?
0: Yeah. Are you one of those people that has to know how much the Babe Ruth ball is actually worth?
2: I was going to bring it back. But it was signed by Babe Ruth. Yeah. You keep telling me that. Who is she?
0: We'll keep it right here because today is your lucky day.
2: The Sultan of Clouds. King of crap, The Colossus of Clouds. The Colossus of Clout, Babe
0: Ruth. It's time for Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan, sponsored by ERC Delivery and Huggins and & Scott Auctions.
2: The Great.
0: Happy Saturday
3: morning. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeni of ERC Delivery. Bill Huggins of Huggins & Scott Auctions and our producer, Eric Ostrowski. We're on till 8. You can call us at 312-332-3776. If you have a collectible you think might be valuable, might be worth putting in a Huggins & Scott auction. We'll try to give you an estimate of what it might sell for in an auction if it's worth putting in. Or you can tweet a picture to my attention. T-Crown Tom is my Twitter ID. For instance, Rob already this morning tweeted to my attention. This is a pretty cool piece. It's a Steiner Yankees jersey with the numbers of Jeter, Posada, Pettit and Mariano Rivera on the back, and the World Series logo's on the back, and it's signed by all four. It looks like those are selling 2500 to $3,500. So not a, nice. Yeah, not a bad item there for, for Rob. And then, of course, some of the things, the Huggins & Scott auction bidding begins October 9th. There's always a lot of rookies in the Huggins & Scott auction. Listen to some of these. Lou Sindor nineteen sixty nine, tops rookie card number twenty five, SGC seven, a four hundred dollar minimum bid. Bird Magic rookie, that's the one that has Doctor J on the card with them from nineteen eighty tops PSA eight, two thousand minimum bid on that card. That that card's really doing well. Uh, Walter Payton rookie PSA six, hundred dollar minimum bid. Joe Namath. 1965 Tops football, rookie card number 122, that's a short print, PSA 7, a $1,200 minimum bid, and a Tom Brady 2,000 contenders rookie autograph card, PSA 6 with a $2,500 minimum bid. I remember a lot of years ago at trade day on Saturday, there were a couple Brady... That card that were graded like an eight and an eight five that were getting traded back and forth. Binder Bob <laughs> and Romo Vince were like getting them, in it. and they, and they were going. Those were going at the time. I think in the fifteen hundred range. It would go up to two thousand, wow. go down to twelve hundred. Now, wow. now that card has just gotten gotten crazy. You know, I,
1: I wish went, I could be a fly on the wall for all those trade days from the past that yeah. I couldn't make it. There's oh, of some
3: of the stuff that, that came through there <laughs> that people were trading, you know, like Jordan gold refractors and stuff. Yep. Bill Huggins he had
1: cards that were traded around like with four or five trades and then they could back yeah. to the guy who originally had it yeah. the first place. Yeah,
3: they're literally like seven guys <laughs> that have the same card. Bill Huggins, do you think Tom Brady will still be playing when his rookies are considered vintage? Yeah. yeah,
4: wow. There's a bet, right? Yeah. yeah, think about
3: it. He's still going pretty strong. and Now, isn't it typically it's 30 years for vintage, isn't it? Like that they people consider if it's at least 30 years. Well, maybe.
4: I, I, I think vintage in our hobby is pre-19. Um, it's literally pre-1970s. The yeah. 70s are, are a gray area. You know, to some extent, but anything 80 and up is considered modern, I
3: think. Yeah, you know. and yeah, I guess when, you know, 20, 30 years ago, you always considered 60s an older vintage and they were only 20 or 30 years old, but now, yeah, you're right. It, it's true. But I'll still call you. Them. You know,
4: Tom, I wanted to ask you a question. I, I've always thought about doing this in my store. I wish I had done it 35, 40 years ago when we opened, and that's when somebody opens a pack in your store and gets a a super hit or a big thing. You get one of those Polaroid cameras and you take a picture of them holding it and you have a wall or a board, oh, yeah. it, you know, and you put the date on it and what they, you know, and everything. Well,
3: what well, we do now, I, I mean, and and it's, a, it's easier than that. You just, uh, it, they can send a picture on Twitter or I take a picture of them on Twitter and post it on there and then a million people see it. But you're right, that would have been cool. Right. To keep on the wall just as like a history, and you'd look back at it now and be like, oh my God, you know, and that card sold for 300 and now it's 30 grand, you know, or whatever. (laughs) Because that's literally happened with some stuff now. Now, speaking of valuable things, I've got a quiz going here. This is only for Vince and Eric. (laughs) Yesterday, a Chronicles baseball product came in, it's like a $27 pack. It's a six pack box. I think there's three autographs, a relic card, a couple Spectra cards. So it, there's a good chance of getting an autograph in it. And this is a it's a baseball pack with one hit. But the question is a basketball question. <laughs> okay, Tyler Hero earlier this week became the second youngest player in NBA history. To score thirty-five or more points in a playoff game, first youngest. Okay. I thought Eric would jump. Would, I th- would have this one.
2: I, is it magic?
3: Mad. That's a good guess. Magic is third. Vince, do you I have a I don't understand the question. I don't. What's the question? Who was the youngest player? He. Oh. Tyler Hero was second youngest. Oh. Who was the youngest? The youngest, huh? To score thirty-five uh, or more in a playoff game. Kobe Bryant. Good guess. Derrick Rose. Oh,
2: in a playoff uh. game? Uh, you're right. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, Derrick
2: Rose. And the worst hero- thing is, is I've seen that graphic a handful of times this week, I- and I, I'm <laughs> like, I can picture like Now You said all the three names, but yeah. you're right.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And uh, hero is actually the youngest to score 30 or more in the conference finals. So that's pretty good. I actually had just sent in a – I had a rookie card numbered to 10 of his and a Prism rookie that I sent in with my last grading batch because he's got something about him that's just kind of a – he's a fun guy to watch play, and, and he's a smart player. So I don't know if he'll be a superstar, but I think he'll be a very good player for a long time. He's electric, man. He's a confident he dude out there. Oh, he, he is, is confident. He's not lacking it. in confidence. No. Well, I guess I'll put this pack back in the briefcase. I know, it's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame, but, yeah,
2: we didn't earn it.
3: I don't know. Maybe we'll do another one later on. But, uh, yeah, either that, or it goes back in the in the briefcase till next week. <laughs> <laughs> who
1: do you think's going to win the NBA, Tom? Who's going to end up on top? Well, it sure seems
3: like the Lakers now, but, you know, who knows? You never know when it gets to a seven-game series. Somebody gets hurt or some other, somebody gets hot, but uh, it sure looks like the Lakers right now. That yeah. Anthony Davis LeBron uh, combo is awfully good. You know. Yep. So now speaking of that, I honestly didn't think the Bulls had a chance at getting Billy Donovan as their coach. So I couldn't believe they got him. And how awesome is that? That they got him. He there yep. was some there's an I don't know. I've tweeted about this all throughout the year, and I think I mentioned it on the show, that I could not stand watching the Bulls' offense because they kept passing up open mid-range shots for contested three-point shots. That was like what they (laughs) wanted them to do. And the defense literally would not even guard mid-range guys on the Bulls after a while because they knew they weren't going to take them. There was an article in the paper today in the Sun Times and Levine said that exact thing he said it's so awesome because Billy Donovan tailors his team to the strengths of his players rather than trying to shove it down the players' throats this is what you got to do whether you're good at it or not that's right, right. that's what you this guy is a legitimate really good coach so maybe now, who knows? They they got a they have a, a great front office, a really good coach. Maybe they'll actually have a chance at a free agent like the free agent, you know, next year. You never know. I think it's it's a complete new era now with him coming in for the Bulls. So that is awesome. Aren't there
1: rumors? Aren't there rumors, Tom, that Anthony
3: Davis he actually wants to come to Chicago? I don't know that he wants to come to Chicago, but he, you know, was here so as a youngster, so I mean, I'm sure it would be on his list of possibilities. You know, I I don't know how close he and LeBron are, or what he's going to do, but boy, he would you'd be able to find a spot for him <laughs> on any team. Yeah, you know, that's for, for sure. sure. Now, speaking of the Bulls, okay, e- each <laughs> week I'm doing a one of the championship years, a little recap. And then we, because we have all six of the Bulls championship rings individually up for auction in the Huggins and Scott auction with the beginning, the bidding beginning October 9th. So this week I'm talking about the Bulls' third championship. This was in 1993. The Bulls beat Phoenix four games to two. This is the game where Paxson hit the three. Uh, in game six to win the game in the fourth quarter, the Bulls were down by two at the time, too. So that's one of the classic moments. His minutes were down by that time in the playoffs, but he hit that big three. B.J. Armstrong was actually playing a lot of minutes. I had forgotten that. He he averaged 41.8 minutes a game in that series, 13.5 points, five assists. Jordan, listen to these numbers. I mean, unbelievable. 41 points, 8.5 rebounds, 6.3 assists, 1.7 steals. And Pippen, once again, 21.2 points, 9.2 rebounds, 7.7 assists, 2 steals and a block. His floor game was so good. The the one thing I never liked about Pippen when he I, I never liked his three, the way he shot threes and he would take them and I'd be like, oh no, he's bricking another three.
5: But <laughs> other than that,
3: I mean, he was just so good and, and the yeah. perfect compliment to Jordan. I mean, it, there it you couldn't have had a a better number two than Pippen to go with Jordan. They were the two best defensive players on the team, you always want your star or your stars to be good defensive players Then every, and work the hardest of anybody because yep. then everybody else just kind of follows right along with it. It's like, well, he's doing this. I, you know, I got to do it. So, yeah, and
1: Jordan brought that to practice too. It wasn't oh, just yeah. in the game. He he worked as hard in practice as he did in the game. Yeah, so. there'd be
3: some practices yep. where you know they he didn't like it because they they like uh, <laughs> set it up against him. So then he'd go off in practice, you know, <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yep. he was he was incredible. That that competitiveness of him was I, I, maybe it'll never be matched. Who knows? That they it yeah. was off the charts. I don't know how well it. It goes into your regular life when you're that competitive, but it sure worked well for him for for basketball. Unbelievable. And the Bulls have a coach. They have a coach that we like. We can watch. We don't feel like it's going to be, oh, my God, what are they doing? You know how many times I yelled at the TV last year, like, shoot it, you're open. (laughs) It's like they'd be open from 15 feet. Wendell Carter really sticks out in my mind. And he'd pass it out to somebody with a guy draped all over him at the three. It's like, why aren't you shooting that? And, but I guess that that's what they were instructed to do. You don't listen to computer geeks who never played basketball. And you can take some of that info and use it. But you don't use your whole strategy yeah. based on that, yeah. which is what they did, and it, it was terrible. I mean, the defense, literally, they made it so easy on the defense. And they had good talent, but they treated, they had Markkinen like he was Keith Bogans. They had him standing out there at the three-point line, never like cutting or going to the basket or right. doing plays for him. it. It's going to be so much better. Billy Donovan really knows how to coach. Noah absolutely loves Billy Donovan from their college days. That wouldn't surprise me if Noah ended up on the, on his staff at some point if he's not playing or there whatever. There is
2: a pending free agent in two years who loves him, Billy Donovan, and calls him his second father, and that's Bradley Beal. Oh, Bradley Beal right. played at Florida, and yeah. Bradley Beals came out multiple times since the Bulls signed oh. Donovan, talking about how much he's meant to him as a man yeah. and as a coach.
3: Uh, and I was listening to Cap and and uh, Hoodie's and Jonathan, interview yep. yesterday, and and they were talking with to Billy Donovan, and he brought up Bradley be- Bradley Beal. What uh, like I guess the, Bradley Beal was like a genius. I think what was he went there to go into engineering or mm-hmm, whatever. Right. And you're right. Oh, he would be. What a great shooter. He'd be a great addition for it's the It's just
2: Bulls. they have a guy that players actually are attracted to. Yes. Which that hasn't been like a thing in a
0: decade. No.
3: In, plus. It, it really, <laughs> since Phil Jackson, when when you're looking at the coaches, yeah. I mean, there really wasn't a coach people wanted to go play for. So we're up, up to the first break here now. After the break, we'll be joined by um, John Drummond who, for Which Ended Higher. So hang in there, and we'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with
1: Tom Morgan. Sponsored by ERCDelivery.com and Huggins & Scott Auctions on ESPN 1000 and ESPNChicago.com.
3: Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemeny of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins & Scott Auctions, our producer Eric Ostrowski. We're on every Saturday from 7 to 8, and we're joined now for our weekly segment. We're joined by John Drummond. John Drummond's weekly segment is is sponsored by Mustang Construction. Mustang leases small office and warehouse flex units in the far west suburbs. Call Linda or Matt for rental info, 630-355-8094. And it's time for Which End It Hire? John Drummond. One of our items in Which Ended Higher is is a helmet that was signed by a, a bunch of different Heisman
0: Trophy winners.
3: Any Heisman Trophy winners up your sleeve that you have a story about?
0: I certainly have a couple of them. and One of them I really want to talk about, and you could spend a lot of time on this guy, a very colorful guy, great football player, Paul Horning. Yes. The so-called golden boy, as they called him in Notre Dame. I saw him play in 55 uh, against Southern Cal. They got trimmed by the uh, Trojans out in L.A., but he looked very good in that game. You could see the scouts starting to drool already on him. He then won the Heisman Award the next year, but he only won two games with Notre Dame. I think they only won about two games in 56, but they wow. had a good publicity department, and he got the Heisman Award and was the number one draft pick, number one draft choice in 1957 when the Packers picked him. It wasn't, however, until 59 when Lombardi came on board. They really got mileage out of him, using him both as a receiver and runner, not as a quarterback. And, of course, he led, the, I think, the NFL in scoring something like three times, and, of course, Uh, was very successful in helping the Packers win all those NFL titles. But the the real story on on Hornham, of course, came in 63. A big story was when he was suspended by then-Commissioner Pete Rozelle, he and uh, Alex Karras and the Pride Lions were suspended because they were betting on football games. And uh, that put uh, Horning out of the box in the 1963 season. But it was reinstated in 64, and that's when our story picks up again. I went up to Janesville to the municipal airport to interview him there because he was in there for a speaking engagement after he'd been reinstated. But he did not want to talk much about uh, the the gambling charge. That was water over the dam, and instead touched base on the Packers, who by that way did not win anything in 64. That was won by Baltimore. And then the Packers won three years straight, and, of course, morning went back to louisville but when he was here in this area I, I don't know how big you guys are you guys are rush street cowboys or not but uh... at one time he was very popular on rush street the stories <laughs> say and i imagine a lot of the stews that lived over in sandberg village uh... were certainly happy to see paul come on the scene and by the way i didn't before you get all in a tizzy here on a politically correct <laughs> statement uh, back in sixty four Uh, In the 60s, uh, the flight attendants were known as stewardesses, so it was accurate to say you were a stew. And a lot of them were over at Sandberg Village, so I want to get that out of the way before I get to the phone start ringing off their hook. But but anyway, Horning Horning went to Louisville and uh, retired there. He was from Louisville, got married, and uh, got back in the news again about 2004, 2002, somewhere around in that. he He was an analyst for the Notre Dame games. And he uh, was interviewed by a reporter on a Detroit radio station, and he said that the Irish have got to lower their academic standards. We don't have enough blacks on the team, enough African-Americans. And those comments ended up his career as an analyst for Notre Dame. They took him off the air. That ended Uh, it right there. Yeah, Yeah. you can remember that. And then uh, he's now, I understand that he... um, He's in Louisville, but I understand my daughter I read about this as well that he has, he has been suffering from dementia. Oh. Maybe another one of the boys who had been hit yeah. hard so many times playing football as a collegian and pro, but that's sort of tragic there. But one other thing before we bail out on him was that uh, people here probably don't remember that Paul Horning was a sportscaster on the 10 o'clock news on w- WBBM Channel 2 in 1969. But uh, it didn't work out too well. The general manager there, guy, when Ed Kennefeck, was a noted A man and he wanted to hire uh, Horner, who was a very good analyst. But being an, an analyst and doing a, a sportscast are different things uh, that didn't work out too well uh, for Paul. And uh, he left the station. And by the way, a guy named Brent Musburger, who was working in radio, came in to re- replace him. And they say the rest. And the rest of the story is history. Musburger went on to other things in that. But anyway, were you was on the air for a while.
3: Were you working for WBBM at the time? And- I did.
0: I started there in '69 when oh, that transition okay. happened. That's correct. Yeah. Did
3: you know Brent Musburger Musfer- very well?
0: I didn't, well, I knew him, but yeah, I did, I could say, fairly well. I, yeah. uh, but uh, yes, a couple of stories I'll tell you sometime when we have time to do that <laughs> about him that okay. we set up on, on Musburger. But <laughs> yes, and they, he went out to L.A. for a while, and of course he became a national figure.
3: Yeah, he was a pretty pretty big time there for a while. Yes, he was, and still is. All right, speaking of big time, it's time for which ended higher now. <laughs> okay, Eric, you want to pick a number between 1 and 5? That'll be the item that we do not have in which ended higher?
2: Let's get number five out of
3: here. Number five is going to leave a scarce 2008 Rittenhouse Archives Iron Man Robert Downey Jr. signed card. I
2: wish I left that in there just to mess with Vince. Yes.
3: we love, He
2: loves his Marvel.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, right. God. You know what? That, that sold for $2,100. So nice. That, yeah. So that's out of the equation now. All right. Now, Bill Huggins, are you going to be uh, guessing for Nancy this week? Oh, I guess so. All that right. Nancy right now, Bill, is tied with Vince for first with four wins each, and John and Eric have three, so it's uh, another key week here. It's in, tight. yeah, tight. All right. So who should we have go first here? Let's sure. have uh, – Let's have John Drummond go first this week. Did you go first last week, John?
0: No, I'm not volunteering for it, but if that's a order, direct order, <laughs> I, have, I have to follow it's, orders. It's here, an so.
3: order. Yes, sir. Oh, sir don't yes, it, sir. I don't like
0: it. I don't like it all right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, the first item Heisman Trophy winners, multi signed limited edition helmet with 28 signatures Ooh. from 1935 is the oldest, the number, the first. Heisman Trophy winner, Jay Berwanger, was one of the signers. To Paul Horning, the 56th, O.J. Simpson's on it, Marcus Allen, Bo Jackson, Barry Sanders, and the last uh, 1995, Eddie George. So there's some good names on there. Second item, a 2004 Boston Red Sox World Champs team signed baseball with 22 signatures. With manager Terry Francona, Kurt Schilling, Manny Ramirez, and David Ortiz are some of the keys on that one. And the next item, a Jim Catfish Hunter, 1970-72 H&B Game Use Bat. Catfish Hunter Game Use Bat. And the final item, a 1954 Wilson Franks. Ted Williams card graded PSA 3. So some good items this week. It's a tough one. John Drummond leading it off.
0: All right, I will. And but, but one thing I, I want to just make one point about Horner again, I should have mentioned this, that I understand that he made a lot of investments when, when he was in Louisville, of course, with either, with Colonel Sanders, that franchise was starting there. Really? Either, either, either uh, as a franchise owner or, or stock in the company, I don't know which. So I didn't get the impression when I said he'd had some physical setbacks, meant that he's in bad shape financially. He certainly is not, from what I understand. Oh. But anyway, going back, I've got to go, oh, no, I'm with a helmet with all those, uh, the Heisman Award guys on there, that, if that doesn't, that doesn't. And go number one, I give up. I that's, that's a lot. It should be a lock. Probably isn't, but I would call it a lock. <laughs> all
3: right, next is Eric.
2: I honestly, I feel the same way as, as John. Like I, it. Out of all those items, that Heisman helmet seems amazing. I'm, I'm going to jump on board with him. I am. Okay. I know it's a risk, but okay. I think it's it.
3: This is the first time I think John didn't have that risk open to him, and Eric jumps right on the risk. the risk, we go. <laughs> the risk boat. Okay, let's go with Bill Huggins next. I'll take the Wilson Wiener card. Wilson Wieners. So that's the 1954 Wilson Franks Ted Williams uh, card PSA 3. And Vince.
1: You know, I, I want to jump on the helmet, but geez. Three strikes, you're out. It seems like the obvious answer. I mean, everyone's
2: doing it, Vince. Yep.
1: (laughs) Yep. But you know what? I'm going to go with Bill. I'm going to go with the Ted Williams 1954, and let's see what happens here.
3: So we have somebody's going to lose a point. It's it's either going to be Eric or Vince or both. So let's see what happens. Okay. The furthest from best item
5: is the Heisman
3: (laughs) Trophy-winning multi-signed limited edition helmet. It's not a bad item, $1,500. So it did well, but just not the best of this group. So, John, the good part about it, at least you don't lose one. The bad part about it, Eric... Maybe we'll give you the pack as a <laughs> no, I don't need the pity. A loss okay. is a loss. I am, right. There is pity involved oh, with I'm that. I'm so good okay. pack. I'm so good
1: to him, man. Okay.
3: He's got to earn it. Tied, for, <laughs> tied with that is the 2004 Boston Red Sox World Champs team signed baseball. Also $1,500. Second best item. Catfish Hunter, oh, 1970 oh, to 72 H&B game Use bat, $2,400. And the Wilson Franks Ted Williams, $2,500. Wow. Who would have thunk it? Ah, you, you jumped on a good
4: bandwagon there. <laughs> why would you, if I interrupt yeah. you,
0: why would the 54, I know he just came out of the Marine Corps, why would that card be so valuable? I don't understand that. Well, be...
4: you know, John, it's, it's what it was issued on. If these were they were issued in with hot dogs.
5: Ah, Literally. I see that gimmick. And, and okay. to,
4: to get a grade of three on a card that was issued with hot dogs with all the all the grease and the hot dog stains that come with those types of things on a natural basis is actually a, a tough grade on, on stuff like that. And, John, I wanted to ask you a real quick question before you get off the air. I don't know if Vince has, or, or Tom has asked you, do you have any of the memorabilia that you may have collected over the years of doing all the Visiting stuff, I mean, press pins, things of that nature.
0: Well, I've got some old pro- uh, programs, but those don't seem to be so, uh, so hot. It's a few autographs anymore, but I gave away a lot of good autographs I had. Unfortunately, I've got a lot of uh, programs of matters like that. I have one little item of a, uh, from uh, the press boxes at Northwestern. ways used to go up there, and people are going to find this hard to believe. It would say on there, women and children not permitted. That was back in the 50s. Oh. In other words, women were not allowed in the press box. Isn't that that's unbelievable? A, I, yeah, I, but it actually happened. But you're telling me this about William, that makes me feel better. Otherwise, it looked like a conspiracy because I thought there was a lot <laughs> on this helmet. I still can't figure that out, but I, eventually, maybe it'll catch well, on. You know, Yeah, you I
2: know think the Bill the, is. No more of this freak? for Bill. That was He had way too much information about the hot dog card
0: there. I don't know. <laughs> so by the way, I, have, I also have to say memorabilia. I do have that other that stuff. Happened? I mean, that's not. It's, it's the you go the cultural route, I still have some of that stuff that uh, that might be worth some. We'll have to talk about of the,
4: this. none of the press pins that you got.
0: Pardon? The,
4: the press pins that you would get issued by the by the teams to get yeah into no the, the
0: pre, press the press, you get that from the the university to go up to the press box if you're doing radio television or newspaper you had to have that you wore that uh, va- uh, like a badge uh, on there and it said but women and children not permitted you that weren't at
3: a, a lot of World Series though where like those World Series press pins no I know can... they're
0: hot I, uh, no I don't I have yeah. well I have that phony 1964 World Series card but that never happened I got that from the <laughs> so but they didn't make it that year so yeah, I guess yeah. that's not very much value <laughs> even though it says World Series 1964 I can't yeah. I can't put you on that.
3: You don't even have any Three Stooges cards or anything. No, Jim. but what I've got to tell you what I do have,
0: among other things, culture thing. I'm going to toot t- t- my own horn here for a minute. I've got a big uh, coffee table book um, on, on Dick Tracy's most celebrated cases, cases from 1931 to Ooh. 1949, autographed by Chester Gould.
3: Oh, that's the guy who was the, the guy who did the Tracy comic?
0: That's exactly right. Oh. Chester Gould was the guy who oh. And bear in mind at one time in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, Dick Tracy was a hot hot commodity on the uh, in the syndicates. Uh. You had to pay a billion, but that's a great coffee table book. It has all you know, all the rogues, m- m- the moog, the mole, the uh, brow, Mrs. Pruneface, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pruneface, things eighty eight keys, and all those guys. It's a pr- it's pretty interesting. It's pretty good. Did I, you I ever
3: interview it. Mr. Pruneface?
0: No, no, I, well I bet to interview guys who look like Pruneface, but I never <laughs> called him <by> my name.
3: <laughs> well, it's already time for uh, another short break here. Uh, John Drummond, do you, do you have any more stories? You, if you want to stick around, you can. Or if you need to go, it's up to you. Well,
0: I can stick around a little today. I don't want have All any right. more stories. Oh, we got stories. I don't know how, how, how good they are, but uh, we can talk about more Heisman Awards or yes, something like that. I think,
3: I yeah, we'll get that in. <laughs> we might as All well. Right. So hang in there, everybody. We're <laughs> on till late. We'll be right back. Now back to Sports Collecting with Tom Morgan. Welcome back. I'm Tom Morgan with Vince Clemente of ERC Delivery, Bill Huggins of Huggins & Scott Auctions, our producer Eric Ostrowski and John Drummond is staying on with us till the end of the show this week with some more stories for us. And if you have a a question for us about the value of a collectible, you can call 312-332-3776 or a question for John Drummond. Now's the time to do it. Uh, you know, last night, White Sox fans Take heart! It wasn't a complete lost cause. Luis Robert got a hit, and he didn't strike out. <laughs> it seems like this—he went from being uh, MVP candidate at the end of August. It seems like he hasn't gotten a hit in September. It's been unbelievable. He
1: was on fire. He was on fire for so long yeah. at the beginning. What's what happened? What Mentally, do you think happened he's
3: just lost. That he's been lost at the plate. Like if it's a. Uh, I think the book probably on him was that you could get him out by not throwing him strikes, and he was swinging at some bad pitches, and then he started taking fastballs like right down the middle, and mentally I think he was just shot. So hopefully he's got it figured out and gets out of the slump because, I mean, the talent is off the charts, but, you know, it's a tough mental game.
1: He'll figure it out. He's too talented not to.
3: Now, Vince, what would you, Vince and John Drummond and Bill Huggins, what would you rather have? A manager who the players really like and respect, but he's a poor strategic manager, or a great strategic manager the players hate? Which would you? I
1: think the first one, I'd rather have the players liking the manager. They might play above their heads, they might try a little harder, more motivated, more passionate. I'd rather have the
3: first. That seems to be kind of Renteria, What what he maybe is. It looks like. John Drummond, are you with that too? I'll, I'll
0: go the same route on that. I think yeah. rather than a, I would I would go with a guy that the players respect and will play and, and put out for. I think that's more important in this year. Maybe in a different year, that was a different story. But not that, now.
3: Yeah, I I tend to agree with you too. I think. Uh, you know, you you kind of have to just kind of live with some of the crazy decisions then, and and <laughs> go with it. So now, John Drummond, did you ever? Didn't you say you went golfing with one of the Heisman winners one time? Yeah, I did it, one time tell with tell Johnny Lujack.
0: Of course, Lujack, of course, was a Notre Dame star in the golden age in the '40s, and uh, then he he had moved to Davenport, Iowa. We had a ran a franchise, I think, a Chevrolet franchise there. I think his uh, father-in-law had the place, and then he took it over. And I played golf with him at the Freeport Country Club. But even though that was a friendly game, uh, uh, lujak is the type of guy who's very com- was very competitive and everything. And we had a force I remember we wanted to play for he wanted to play for a few bucks <laughs> more than I wanted. And uh, he really was play. He he was a he was a hard nosed guy to play with. There's no question about it. I could see that that carried on from his days as a football player because he was certainly was that when he played both uh, defense and uh, uh, as an offensive star with the Irish. I mean, he was and, and of course he went to, he went to the Bears as you know. But it would have maybe stayed greater with him. But what happened, he got in a beef financially with Hellas. Hellas would not pay what he wanted, and uh, he ended up he went into private business instead. But wow. Yeah, he, he wasn't the only one that had that beef with Hellas no, no, over the years. No, earth. no, there's no denying that.
3: <laughs> so was Lou Jack a good golfer? Could he crack yes, it? Yes, he was. He
0: yeah. was a good golfer. And by the way, he's still alive today. I think I think he's the oldest of the Heisman Award winners. Yeah. I think he lives in California now. Yeah. And uh, he's still around, believe it or not. Now, how no did how team. did you get into that golf outing with him? because of the fact that I worked over at channel 13 in Rockford oh and, I see uh, somebody at Freeport uh, was a viewer and he called me up say how oh, I would like you to fill out a force and we're gonna have Johnny Lu there we're gonna have a dinner afterwards so I was I was he was kind enough to invite me to play the course at the Freeport Country Club oh ah, very cool
3: Bob from Chicago's on the line welcome to the show Bob what do you have oh wait a minute there's somebody who wants to greet you <laughs> you right okay lurch you're officially on the show now Bob what's up <laughs>
6: Thanks for the greeting. Hey guys, and good morning. Hi. Uh, what I have is a uh, uncut sheet of Michael Jordan and Gatorade cards that were in the late '80s. Now the overall sheet is like three foot by three foot, and there's two sets. Now, back in the day, my friend used was actually the printing press operator, and. Yeah, um they made a mistake on these and i was told from him that there was only eight of these printed then they had to stop the presses and then redo it just kind of wondering what you guys think
3: is this a green border jordan card
6: um there were the gatorade cards i think if i'm not mistaken and i could send you guys a picture but they got like a gold kind of tint to them
3: hmm. you familiar with those bill
4: I'm trying to picture what it is he's got. No, I. Yeah. I they, they were issued what year? Late eighties. The yeah.
6: hmm. there, there. I think there was twelve cards in a set, and these. They're both of these sets are uncut.
3: Are they all Jordan or, or, cards, or is it all the Bulls?
6: No, it's all Jordan.
3: Really? Huh. Yes. Is it a Stark? There's a a Gatorade star Jordan card from 1985 that Beckett grades is it is it does it say star at the top of each card or is it just Gatorade
6: uh you know i'd have to look yeah but i i, I don't think it's from 85 it it was it was the late it was the late
3: 80s okay cuz those uh when those Jordan cards from 85 are graded by beckett they can sell for some pretty good money the 95s i think are over 3 grand I'll but, tell you, but this though could still be a great item for one of our auctions. Yeah,
4: I mean and almost anything right to. now. That if you write Jordan on a sheet of paper, you could sell it. You know? <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> right. I, so that why don't you try to uh, t crown tom at gmail.com is my email, Bob. If you want to yep. email me uh, pictures of the front and back of that, and then I'll get them to Bill and the guys at Huggins, and we'll see about they can do some research, make sure that, first off they're legitimate cards, sure. and then if they are, then it would be something that would be good to send in for their February auction. John, do you yeah, know what the error is? Hello? That's the
6: one I I looked over them, and I can't figure it out, and um, oh. that's why I'm kind of hoping that I could send you a, a picture of it.
3: Yeah.
6: You know, and Bill. Yeah,
3: yeah, good. Very good, Bob. I will. Okay, thanks for the call. All right,
6: thanks, gentlemen.
3: Very good. Andy from Bourbon A. will join us. Hello, Andy.
5: What's up? Hey, how you guys doing this morning? Good. Good. So I have a kind of unique Ohio State, Michigan item uh, from the late 90s. This is a poster that came out in like 99, and there were very few of them made because of a lawsuit that occurred with a copyright usage. Uh, the company that made the helmet visor, you know, that went inside the face mask of the helmets back then, mm-hmm. was called Excel. The letter X and then C E L. The poster is Andy Katzenmoyer, the Ohio State linebacker, and it's a close-up of his helmet and shoulder pads, and the reflection in his windshield of his helmet is Tom Brady getting ready <laughs> to throw a ball. So, it's got the number 10 Michigan quarterback in the in the visor
0: uh-huh. with
5: Andy Katzenmoyer. Um, you can see the 45 on the top of his shoulder pads.
0: Uh-huh.
5: Um, and it has on the bottom of the poster, it says Ohio State 31, Michigan 16, which was the score of the 1998 game. And then across the top of the poster, it has um, old games scores, you know, throughout the years mm. across the top. Uh-huh. So the story I got on this poster when I got it was that Excel filed a lawsuit against Ohio State for using their logo in this poster without their permission, and very few of these posters actually ever got out there. So I have searched the interwebs high and low and have not found anything other than I found one on a website called WorthPoint, which appeared to be some kind of fancy version of an eBay-type thing, um, but you have to buy a membership to, you know, see values and things like that on it. Um, so I was just wondering if anybody, if you well, guys had even heard two, or two seen questions this poster or for you
3: on this one, can you clearly make out that it's Tom Brady in the reflection? I mean, you know, yes, sir. you can yes, sir. clearly yeah. make that out. And how did you yep. get the poster?
5: Um, I got the poster through some connections I had at the Ohio State University back in the day, okay. um, when these came out and i It's matted and framed you know from day one when I had it, so it's in perfect condition um but it's an item that, like I said, I've searched all over the place, and I've never seen another one other than on this one uh auction that was on this well, one i would,
3: I would say if you can uh email me pictures of that one also, Bill Huggins, you think that has potential that that might be something that you could run, or does it sound like it's a little little much of a stretch
4: well I- I, I would still want to investigate possibly yeah. listing it. I mean, you know, like Jordan, Tom Brady's about
5: as hot as it gets right now. So Yeah,
3: very good. So yeah, and
5: the thing on this one is it's actually a Moyer poster. Tom Brady wasn't really Tom Brady yet. Yeah, he just yeah, happens yeah. to be in You're the right. background of I kinda thing.
3: like <laughs> that actually. That that makes it almost better, you know, the that, that skinny quarterback for Michigan, Tom Brady, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but that's what kinda neat. T t crown tom at gmail.com, and we'll see if we can find anything out.
5: I appreciate it very much, guys. Take care. Okay,
3: very good. You know, uh, John Drummond, we're talking about some press pins. There's all kinds of, they've got. Bill Huggins, you've got, it seems like, almost virtually every World Series press pin is going in the October auction. There's Yeah, this was a big run from the ooh, early 20s man. all the way up. Yeah, yeah, a lot of them have high bids. For Chicago teams, there's a 29 Cubs World Series press pin, $500 minimum bid, a 32 Cubs World Series press pin, $500 minimum bid. That's the one Babe called his shot babe at Wrigley was, yeah. in, in Game yeah. 3. Um, uh, let's see, Cubs World Series thirty-five. It's a brooch. Those the, those brooches are. I kind of like those seven hundred fifty minimum bid. And there's a White Sox fifty-nine in a group of not eight, I think, from the fifties with a seven hundred fifty dollar minimum bid, which includes the. 1959 Dodgers first Los Angeles World Series pin. John Drummond, when the when the Dodgers went to LA, was that a big story all over the country? Like, was that big in Chicago or was it?
0: Well, just- oh, that was a big national story after the '57 season. Oh, you bet yeah. you bet it was. And that, but with and they also went with the Giants, of course. So that was a real big big deal in New York because they lost both their franchises, other than the Yankees, of course. Oh my gosh, yes. And that stadium, when they finally, they played both of those teams. When they, I remember I was in San Francisco for a while. And the, when the Giants went out there, they played in Seal Stadium, which is a small stadium that they used in the Pacific Coast League. And they, I think, if I recall, the Dodgers went out and had to play at, uh, at uh, Wrigley Field. I'm not talking about Chicago. I'm talking about Wrigley Field, Los Angeles, Angels. Yeah. They used to and have the home run there, derby oh, there. It was a, it was a big – in fact, no, then they played – I'm sorry, when they won in 59, the, Dodge, the Dodgers played in the Coliseum because they had that picked up a phony yeah. fence. Wally Moon, you'd get a right. home run if you probably hit the ball 220 feet. <laughs> yeah, and right. That's how they played the Dodgers. That's right. They played the they played in the Coliseum during that series. I remember that, yeah. Nationally, yeah. it was, was a really big story because that started the expansion in baseball. I Did mean, you ever yeah. go to Ebbets Field? No, believe it or not, I've been to the polo grounds. but never in Ebbets Field, unfortunately. Oh, okay. No, I wasn't.
3: Steve from Dixon is on the line. Steve, welcome to the show. What do you have?
4: Hey, guys. Hi. Yep, I got I got a autographed 8x10 photo of Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, and Dennis Rodman.
3: Nice. And I've
4: also got a signed Jordan golf ball with uh, 91, 92, 93 champions on it. Just kind of seeing the value maybe what they're worth.
3: I you know to me that triple signed 8x10 at this point could be over a couple grand cuz that stuff is so hot. It would be in, how, how is it how are both of them authenticated?
4: Well, that's they're authenticated by a guy who was around here and he used to go to a bunch of trade shows and uh, stuff. They're not PSA or Beckett yeah. or anything like that. So if we I sent them to I should
3: if we well, if we sent them to Huggins to auction, they'd have to get them authenticated for you, Bill. Real quick, we're getting towards the end here, but isn't it kind of tough for the authenticators to authenticate signed golf balls because of the dimples and the small size?
4: There, there, there is a, a, a. They have had a tough time authenticating golf balls. Sometimes they don't. They don't say it's not good. They're just inconclusive. Cause yeah. Of the
3: way it's, You know. But the triple signed well, yeah, eight I mean, by ten. Done. Yeah, Yeah. it'd be definitely both items would be worth sending to Huggins and Scott if you ever want to contact me at Triple Crown in Naperville, 630 357 7707. You know, sometime in a month or so, we could send it in for them for the February auction, Steve. Okay. Sounds good, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for the call. John Drummond, we're at the end of another show here, but uh, thanks for joining us once again. And we'll be waiting to hear from you. And which ended higher next Saturday? Bill Huggins, Huggins & Scott Auctions. The auction bidding for October begins October 9th. And Vince Clemente, ERC Delivery, Vince, 24-7. Yes, always here, always here. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> and everybody, now stay tuned for the Odds Couple rebroadcast right after the show. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks,
1: time We'll see you.